Rutgers scrambles He's left, winds up, runs the ball. He's got time at the 10 to the 5, yes. to the end zone, touchdown, and a dagger! Giannis into the lane, Giannis spinning, fading shot, up, gone for Giannis at the buzzer! Bucks win it! fans, welcome to the Brewers Trilogy Podcast presented by the Wisconsin Sports Trilogy, the podcast for not only them diehard Brewer fans, but also for those fans who enjoy cheering for a team that revolves around beer. I'm Tyler, aka T-Plush, your host for today, and that can be found on Twitter at Tyler Kurth. I am joined with Sunshine, I promised you he would be back. Uh, Trevor, he can be found on Twitter at Bender underscore Trevor. And we are not joined by the Vanilla Gorilla because apparently he discovered if you soak a tampon in vodka and shove up your butthole, you get drunk. Um, <laughs> well, I don't know if he's actually done that, but if you listen to our uh, Packers podcast that can be found on Packers Trilogy, uh, you'll understand a little bit more about what we're talking about. So we just recorded a Bears preview as well. So make sure you give that a listen uh, before the game Thursday night. But as always, you can find our podcast on Twitter at Trilogy underscore pod. And man, Sunshine, it's good to have you back. I'm, uh, I was getting a little lonely doing this solo pods, and I feel like a, a new man, like I have a new co-pilot, and I'm ready to roll. So how are you doing today? Well, first, I'm doing great. It's good to be back. Finally, finally moved in my new place. I no longer have an hour drive each way to work, and I'm not working crazy, stupid hours anymore. So I am going to be more free for some series recaps for the Brewers, and I'm excited. Woohoo! Good. I'm I'm sure our loyal listeners are getting sick of my voice, so now they can start bitching about you rather than me. <laughs> anyway, nah. so we are here to recap the Astros series, and before that, uh, there was a flurry of moves uh, made over the weekend and today as well on September 3rd. Um, we did not do a Cubs recap due to Labor Day weekend, um, but over the weekend, Brewers called up David Fritas. Can't remember if I pronounced that right. Uh, Tyler Austin, and then Travis Shaw was called up when Keston here went to the IL with his hamstring, um, and then uh, roster moves part two today. Um, Jeremy Jeffries was officially released from the Brewers. Uh, Aaron Wilkinson officially optioned to San Antonio AAA. Uh, the Tigers claimed Troy Stokes Jr., who was DFA'd uh, to make room on the 40-man roster over the weekend. And then Corbin Burns was called back up to the Brewers ball club um, after spending some time in Arizona working um, with, a, with some pitching analysis tools, videos, and force plates, and all sorts of crazy contraptions that apparently just told him, your stuff's still good, Corbin. You're just unlucky this year, um, is kind of the vibe I got of, out of all that. 
Um, so that kind of made me a little nervous. Like, I don't know, Sunshine. How do you feel about Corbin Burns being back up with the club? Mm. I really don't know how I feel about it because let's let's be honest. The bullpen has not been good this year, um, and Corbin has been even worse. But hopefully he had time to figure it out in the minors. I know when he first went down, he was still really struggling. Um, so hopefully he's starting to figure it out. But I don't know. I'm nervous about the whole bullpen. Um, even though Drew Pomerantz is kind of figuring it out a little bit. Um, he's been looking good recently. Um, seems like haters back to his normal self, so that's exciting. Uh, shout out to you, Tyler, for telling him to throw more sliders, and he finally listened. But overall, on the Burns thing, yes, I'm nervous, but also... It's September call-ups. You need more arms. Um, and there's a lot I'm nervous about the bullpen. So I guess we'll see. <laughs> yeah, the the Brewers definitely uh, made some very interesting moves. I mean, to be clear, we're calling up a Corbin Burns who has an ERA of 9 this season at the big league level. <laughs> and then to top that off, they called up uh, Brent Suter, who... Got his first action uh, yesterday on September 2nd um, in the majors, although he had been killing it in his rehab stints. And then Jimmy Nelson also coming back up, who we know his struggles earlier on this season. Um, But he had been doing pretty well with his rehab stints too, um, really finding those strikeout pitches. (laughs) But it doesn't really ease my nervousness at all um, because, yeah, like you said, the bullpen has been – pretty rocky and up and down this entire season um you don't really have those go-to guys like you had to last year and now you're like okay maybe one of these three or you know the other guys in the bullpens like faria and black and pomeranz like who's gonna be that guy i mean it's to be in september and still not know is (laughs) a little nerve-wracking to say the least um but i guess we'll see how it plays out um, they say the only other things I have on the Brewer uh, roster call-ups, um, David Freitas, when I first heard he was getting called up, I was like, man, where does that name come from? And then I remembered he was uh, who the Brewers acquired in April from the Mariners in some small little trade. Um, and then I was like, well, I wonder how he did in the minors. So I looked him up uh, with the missions uh, through 85 games. He belted... 12 home runs, 76 RBIs, and a 387 on base percentage. <laughs> uh, so Damn. that's why I got the call up. <laughs> and Tyler yeah. Austin, the Brewers, just signed not too long ago. Um, only played 15 games with the missions, um, but did hit four homers and 10 RBIs. So we'll see what they got. Um, you got any final thoughts on the call-ups at all? Mm. The... Those free toss hit free toss. How do you say his name? Is that it? I have no clue. <laughs> okay, David. He those numbers sounded pretty good, damn good in the minors, um, and sounds like over a long stretch he was pretty damn good. 
Um, and he he was the one that drew a walk late in the game, right? On the game one? Yep, he did. Okay. Yeah. When I first saw him, I'm like, wait, who in the world is that guy? <laughs> um, and if I don't know a guy on a Wisconsin sports team, that's an issue. And I was like really confused. I'm like, wait, what happened? Did I miss a trade or something? But after they said his name, I'm like, oh, I, I do remember us getting him earlier. Um, but, yeah, that's super exciting. Hopefully one or both of those can hit. And if the moves we made, if they somehow hit, if Burns finds it again and Suter and or Nelson find it and one of Fritas, Austin, and Shaw find it, huh? I don't know. That makes it a lot more interesting. And the really big thing is going to be this next series coming up over the weekend. Yeah, you're right. And uh, so I heard some theories on David. And obviously we called him up for his bat. Um, But do you think maybe they... I don't think there's any evidence to support this because he hasn't started a game over Grandall yet or anything. But do you think there's a chance they called him up to kind of get a better look at him in case they don't re-sign Grandall in the offseason? Or are you not buying that? Um, I think that might be a benefit to it, but I don't necessarily think that it's that's the main reason. I think he swung the bat extremely well in the minors and they need all the help they can get so that's one of the guys they brought up i mean if he's getting on base almost 40 percent of the time it's you got to bring him up at that point we need someone to be able to get on base and get on base consistently so i think it's more a factor of how he was playing and that's just like a added benefit to see what he can do in the month of September, and then maybe you don't have to pay Yasmani Grandal a ridiculous amount of money uh, to have him here next year as well. Yeah, he he had an on-base percentage of four fifty nine through the 85 games in AAA. So, yeah, he can get on base. Definitely a good bat to have in September, um, regardless of how the Brewers use him. Uh, but getting to the Astros series, uh, Brewers split one and one in this brief two-game series. Should have took both games, but you know if the Brewers could have been able to capitalize in however many times they should have won more games in a series, they'd have 90 wins this year, and it's just not not falling our way. Uh, but game one, they lose three to two. And speaking of catchers, Grandal got us started uh, with a solo homer to go up one nothing. Adrian Hauser was on the mound, pitching four and a third's innings. Um, only gave up one earned run with six strikeouts, but ran his pitch count up a little bit too high. Uh, but really, the main story was came from the Astros side. Garrett Cole striking out 14 Brewers. Um, he only faced 23 Brewers, so that's insane. <laughs> um, he's getting a lot of high strike calls in particular on that slider um, which apparently he throws a high slider by design and then top that off with a 100 mile per hour fastball yeah that's that's rough 
Um, we also saw Brett Suter return. He ended up giving up a home run in his two and one-thirds innings and a few other hits, but overall it was good to see him out there cruising through the innings and <laughs> good to see the dugout clean again and the kind of seemed like the team got a little bit of energy from him because that's who Suter is as a team player. <laughs> uh, entering the ninth, the Brewers were down 1-2. to two. Christian Yelich ended up hitting his 43rd home run of the season to tie it. Fast forward to the 10th, Junior Guerra gives up a go-ahead homer, and Brewers were in good position in the bottom of the 10th to do some damage and win the game. Uh, Christian Yelich was called out on, yeah, it was a bullshit strike three, (laughs) um, which was the second time he'd been rung up on a pretty questionable call, and Council and Yelch talked about it afterwards, and yeah, obviously when you have that good of a hitter up in that good of a spot, the calls you're gonna it's gonna get some volume and some noise surrounding it. So sucks definitely cost the Brewers a shot at winning that game. Um, but in the end, strikeouts. I mean, that's what you take out of this game. Um, the Brewers strike out the fifth most out of any team in the majors, and I don't know. Do you have any concerns about that um, in regards to their high strikeout rates? Concerns, uh, yes. But at this point in the season, that's who the Brewers are this year. Um, They're very much a home run or bust type of team, and they've been that for the past couple years now. But... Like last year, they were able to manufacture runs because they just put the ball in play um, and did more of that. But this year, it's very much seems like it's a home run or a strikeout. Um, Obviously, it's not that black and white, but that's kind of what it feels like at times. And yes, it's a big concern because I feel like that's one of the biggest flaws of this team, not being able to manufacture runs and those strikeouts are a big reason why they can't because they're just not putting the ball in play. But at this point, that's what the team is. They cannot hit with runners in scoring position. And a lot of the times it feels like they're striking out in those situations, which is, extremely frustrating as a fan but at this point I don't know what else you can say about it it's it is what it is at this point at least in my opinion yeah it is but yeah I think it is the most concerning because I think there's a pretty good correlation between the high strikeout rates and the runners in scoring position entering September the Brewers are batting 241 which is near the bottom of the MLB um, with the runners in scoring position. Uh, but they are the third most, uh, excuse me, they do walk the third most in the majors. So I guess it's either home run, strikeout, or walk. <laughs> um, so getting lots of runners on, yeah, we're good at doing that. We're good at setting the table. Um, we just can't clean it, can't clear them out, um, which I think for pretty much every reason you just – stated because we're not good contact hitters and that's kind of against the trend that baseball is in these days but is not working for this brewer club um, at the moment anyway 
anything else you took away from game one at all in that disappointing loss? Um, I have one thing, and maybe it's an overreaction at my part, but I feel like there's been a lot of criticism of council this year, and why would you send Junior Guerra out for a third straight day? And what do you know? He gives up the game-winning home run in the 10th inning. I just don't understand the logic behind that move. Do you have an issue with that move as much as I do, or did you kind of agree yeah, with it? I I agree that it probably shouldn't have happened. I mean, we know what Hater looks like on pitching three days in a row. I mean, you can't expect anyone else to be any better than, and Junior Guerra is by far you know, next to Alex Claudio, like one of our most used bullpen arms. <laughs> and granted, Garrett over the last month has been pretty solid, only giving up three earned runs in 15 innings. Um, but <sighs> that's a lot to ask of the guy. And it's September call-ups. Like, you got some young, fresh arms out there who are itching to do something. I know it's a tight game, but give them a shot. You can't overuse your main guys. So I'd agree with you. Um, but yeah, anyway, that's why we're not Craig Council. So if anyone else has a different take on that, let us hear it. <laughs> uh, game two, the Brewers did eke out a uh, 4-2 to two victory. Um, and kind of an underrated uh, part about game one was that Mike Moustakis was pulled in the ninth. Um, I guess his hand was flaring up. Um, and he had to get pulled. So Travis Shaw gets the start at third. And Brewers are kind of off and running early. Ryan Braun had an RBI single. Eric Thames had a three-run homer, all that occurring in the third. And all with two outs. So <laughs> right uh, right on cue as we're talking about how we can't deliver. <laughs> um, Brewers did today. <laughs> um, that would be the only runs they score of the game. There was some nice defense on both ends. Uh, Corey Spanchenberg had a crazy bare hand play. Um, he's playing second base, um, so not to, that his defense doesn't go unnoticed. And then George Springer of the Astros robbed Ryan Braun of extra bases. Um, he was injured on the play as well. Deep hit ball into center, and he kind of, with the wide warning track at Miller Park, wasn't quite sure where he was, and on the way down, clunked his head. Um which I didn't know Miller Park had a wide warning track. Apparently most warning tracks are take about three steps, and Miller Park takes about five, according to uh, Rock and BA on Fox Sports Wisconsin. So thanks for that tad bit of info. Jordan Lyles was the pitcher for the Brewers tonight, going six and a third. Um, that lowers his ERA as a Brewer to 2.56, so making Stearns look pretty good. And speaking of Stearns looking good, Drew Pomerantz came in to relieve him, pitching one and two-thirds innings, striking out three. He has now not allowed any runs in eight straight appearances. And then Josh Hader notches his 28th save of the year. And as Trevor mentioned, I'm all about tracking his sliders now. So in his 18 pitches, he threw five sliders. And the last one was a kind of a questionable strike three call to end the game, but eh. That's Karma Astros, so suck it. <laughs> um, but Eric Thames had a pretty good game, obviously, for the Brewers, belting that three-run homer. And really, over the last month, he's been 
playing pretty good baseball, batting 304, uh, 925 OPS, four homers, 11 RBIs. Uh, so really turning a corner here. And that leaves you to think uh, about his contract for next season. There is a $7.5 million option out for him next season um, if the Brewers want to keep him. And as if you were David Stearns, Trevor, would you take that and go into 2020 with Eric Thames as our first baseman? This is tough because I feel like if you're paying someone seven and a half mil they should be your everyday starter at a position but I don't think Eric Thames is an everyday starter kind of guy I think he is very effective in a platoon role Um, so I don't know if it's worth it to spend seven and a half mil on a guy that's going to be in a platoon but on the other hand, if you can find maybe a guy on a cheap rookie deal or something that can platoon with him, um, someone in your own system or something, that you can get a cheap option that will platoon with him, I feel like it could be a very vi- viable option. Um, but with that caveat, it has to be a guy who can platoon with him and be on a cheap deal, and then it makes sense to me. All right, so I guess the counter to that would be uh, in 2017, Eric Thames, you know, he was our everyday starter. Um, Jesus Aguilar kind of came on a little bit in 2017, but not enough that I'd call it a true platoon role, if that makes sense. Um, But that year he was effective. He had 31 homers. He drew 75 walks. which is crazy. Obviously, the batting average was a little bit lower, and he only had, I think, just over 60 RBIs that season, but the power production was there. I mean, so do you think maybe, I don't know, if he, if he knows going into the season he's not going to be platooning and you're going to be our guy, is it worth that gamble of $7.5 million to hope you could deliver some 2017-type numbers? I, I don't know. It's, it's a tricky spot to be in, really. Um, I think I think it's a risk, but it, it makes a ton of sense, I think. Um, but also, kind of the counter again is he, they're not in the same spots in their career, but it just reminds me of Travis Shaw, who hit 30 home runs two years ago, 30 home runs last year. And then he's batting a buck sixty this year. Like that part of it scares me. Um, but Eric Thames has been very consistent in his time here. Yeah, he goes through slumps like just like everyone, but he has been very good. He creates power. Um, obviously, with those twenty seventeen numbers, thirty one home runs. Yeah, I would love to have that. And it's if he's walking as much as you said, hitting 30 home runs, it almost doesn't matter what his average is. If right. that's what he's able to do, you put him in the six hole, and yeah, maybe he hits 240, maybe he hits 230. 
but if he's contributing 30 home runs, I feel like it's you'll really have to consider it because that's a lot of production, especially out of a six-hole hitter. All right. Yeah, it absolutely is. I mean, and you kind of have to take 2018 for a wash due to his thumb injury, and he never really got consistent playing time, obviously with Aguilar busting onto the scene. And uh, this year, yeah, he was in that platoon role, like you mentioned, and he's, yet he's still on pace for 23 home runs. So I think if he's given the guy, given the job, he knows that going in ahead of time, he'll, he'll be that guy you're talking about. And as a, I think he's a plus defender. He's made some spectacular plays. He had that one diving tag the other day. He's had a lot of really nice picks. Um, so, I mean, yeah, seven and a half mil sounds like a steep price to pay a guy. But, I mean, your other options, at least internally, are, okay, do you want to take a gamble moving Shaw over to first? You know, if, say, Moose stays. Um for a little bit cheaper deal, hoping he bounces back. Or I, I've heard rumors that people want Kesson Hira to play first because then he doesn't have to throw the ball. <laughs> um, which I don't, I don't know how easy of a transition that would be, but interesting in theory, anyway. <laughs> hmm. So, yeah, we'll see what happens there, Thames. Either way, I guess it's kind of, it's good that we can debate about it. There's pros and cons to each side of it any other things you have on the Astros series at all before we move into our month in review so I was just looking um on baseball reference Eric Thames has a 99 and a half fielding percentage holy cow (laughs) yeah like everyone ahead of him are pitchers who pitched like 50 innings or less (laughs) just because they haven't had hits to them at all (laughs) Um, or they have had a few plays where they made it but that is an insanely good fielding percentage for a guy that sees a lot of balls whether it's balls hit at him or thrown to him that's a that's a damn good fielding percentage there so yeah, I think I would agree with plus defender. Um, doesn't have much range, but you don't really need it as a first baseman. So I think you talked me into it, Tyler. I think I think I'd be okay with keeping him. Uh, yeah, I mean now. Oop, go ahead. <laughs> since since I just complimented you and said you did a good job talking me into it, I'm going to give you some shit now. Okay. Okay. Um. So, I was thinking before we were recording this that I think you said you would give David Stearns like a C plus at the trade deadline. And Mm -hmm. two of his moves that you just ate alive are proving to be some of the biggest parts of our pitching staff in Jordan Lyles in the starting rotation and then Pomerantz coming out of the bullpen. And you just ate those moves alive. So I just want you to tell everyone how wrong you were. <laughs> I was I was very wrong to Doubt and Stearns. And it seems like every time we do a month in review, 
you guys always seem to bash me. I don't. <laughs> There's a correlation <laughs> here. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> oh, it's so fun because you rarely ever fight back. You'd never call us out on anything. You just keep talking and keep saying stupid things so we can keep calling you out. Uh, it's part of being an entertainer. All right. Someday when you're funny like me, you'll understand. I guarantee no one laughed at that other than you. (laughs) Well, shut up. If you (laughs) laughed at that comment, post a crying face on our Twitter page under the, when we post this podcast, (laughs) please do. Like a crying laughing emoji. Is that what you meant? Yeah, that's what I meant. (laughs) Okay. Fair enough. I am excited to see zero replies to that. Oh, I can create a lot of fake Twitter accounts tonight. So, <laughs> Fair enough. Anyway, month in review. Brewers go 12 and 14 in August. Uh, pretty poopy. Uh, started off uh, getting swept by the Cubs, and then a, then they swept the Pirates. Um, and then followed by a series win versus the Texans. Kind of go 500 the rest of the way on out after that. Um, obviously with two key series losses versus the Cardinals. Um, but the exciting part about month interview is we get to cup check someone. So Trevor, I am dying to hear who you want to cup check this month. Well, this is... It, it's not just this month. This is a player I feel like has really kind of derailed this Brewers season. That might be a bit strong, but I just feel like there was a player last year that we could always count on. He was always going to get on base. He rarely struck out. It just, he was always getting on base. And no, it's not Christian Yelich. Um, it's Lorenzo Kane. He was always, always, always setting the table for Yelich. And this year, you see how important that leadoff role is because Lorenzo Cain struggles, this team struggles. And I feel like if Lorenzo Cain can figure it out in the month of September, this Brewer team could get very hot because there has been decent production to go basically 500 all year. And that's without a decent stick in the leadoff spot so if Lorenzo Cain figures it out or Trent Grisham becomes a very very good leadoff hitter or something happens with that leadoff spot and it opens the door for Yelich and Braun and Moose and all of the guys Thames if it sets the table a little bit better for the better hitters like that could change the game and that could really be a huge boost for this September postseason run and the Brewers have to make a big one so my cup check and a swift kick in the nads is to Lorenzo Cain okay and he's got to be better now because Brent Suter's back up so he's gonna start pumping him up again (laughs) yeah maybe they'll start making some some cool videos again we haven't seen that this year so (laughs) I've missed those so much uh my cup check uh, nominees, I have more than one. Um, kind of sticking oh. with the theme you were um, in our inconsistent p- 
play this season is the bullpen. Because, yeah, we could count on them last year, and yeah, this year not so much. Uh, so exempt from my cup check is Junior Guerra, Drew Pomerantz, and then obviously Josh Hader, and then Alex Claudio gets exempt because he's only allowed two earned runs over his last ten innings, uh, which is the span of the last month. So props to you. But that does not exclude Ray Black, Jake Faria, Jay Jackson, Corbin Burns, Freddie Peralta, Matt Albers, Jimmy Nelson, and Brent Suter. Uh, because we need our bullpen to do something. We can't keep throwing uh, Junior Guerra out three games in a row. We need one of these other guys to step up, and they need to go on a scoreless inning streak. Uh, last year in September, Jeremy Jeffress and Corey Knable pitched 26 scoreless innings between the two of them. And that yeah. is an incredible feat in itself and hard to replicate, but the Brewers have less margin for error this year, and... They're going to need something crazy. Maybe it's not between two of those guys. Maybe it's between three of them. But people have got to start putting up zeros in the bullpen. So my cup check goes to all those guys that I just mentioned. (laughs) And before I get cup checked, we will preview the Cubs (laughs) series. (laughs) (laughs) See another laugh. Proud of you. Uh, Cubs again, this time for four games, Thursday through Sunday. Brewers will send out Chase Anderson, Zach Davies, Gio Gonzalez, Adrian Hauser. The Cubs will send out, uh, we don't know yet, because they're little bitches and haven't released it. So we'll find out eventually. (laughs) Um, I guess the only thing different from last weekend is Zobrist is back, and then Wilson Contreras was just activated off the injured list today. So he'll most likely start. At least a few games against the Brewers. Um, but Thursday starts the series. That's also the retirement of Bill Hall, one of my favorites growing up. And we were talking about this earlier, and it's kind of weird that he's retiring now. I mean, he hasn't played since 2012. But either way, it sounds like it would be uh, pretty neat to be at because he was drafted by the Brewers and contributed a lot uh during a time when the Brewers kind of sucked. So we thank you for your commitment to us. (laughs) All right. With that, do you have anything else, Sunshine, before we get out of here? I know we were closer in the division race last year, but the beginning of September last year, what were we back? Five games? Yep. And right now we are – just three and a half from the Cubs for the wild card. Again, not the division, but that is a playoff spot. So this is a huge series. Like, you go win three of four here. You are, what is that? You are down a game and a half, and you win all four, you're up a game. Or a half a game, excuse me. So, this could be a big swing here. The Brewers have, at the very, very least, have to split. But if they can win or sweep the series, this could be a huge swing for this team. And they sweep the series and the Cardinals start to struggle, which they are showing no signs of. But if they start to struggle at all, 
it, it's right back into it, especially if they win four in a row. That would mean Cubs lose four in a row, and the Cardinals, if they go two and two, you gain an extra two games on the Cardinals. Like you're, it's still very very tough, but you're right back in it. Hell yeah, we are. You just got me super pumped. I'm proud. Made a believer out of you. I mean, we got to get back in this. We got to win at least 90 games so I don't lose my Josh Hader bobblehead to uh, Ben Larson. But <laughs> more importantly, uh, 90 wins is more than enough to get into the playoffs. Um, and yeah, in a way, we're, yeah, sure, we're not in as good a position le- to win the division as we were last year. But hey, when was the last time Brewers made uh, back-to-back playoff appearances? Um, tick tock tick tock yeah I don't know probably the 80s <laughs> um, when they were still in the American League so it's it's been a hot second so we'll end on that high note Brewers definitely going to the playoffs hope everyone's aboard the bandwagon um, actually it shouldn't be a bandwagon you should have been sticking with us this whole year so on that note we will recap uh, the Cubs series for you and we'll talk to you on Sunday and keep on believing. Fuck the Cubbies. <laughs>